Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for being here. Today is supposed to be opening day here in Detroit. The Tigers have returned from Lakeland, Florida to open their 2018 campaign against the Pittsburgh Pirates this afternoon, but... Mother Nature has some other ideas. The rain this morning has inspired a postponement of the game part of opening day until tomorrow. Still, opening day around here is an unquestioned holiday, and anybody who knows me and knows me well knows I celebrate as hard as anybody else does on opening day. It's a day that many people take off work and that far more seem to see as an important point of revelry and celebration. It is the day that the year seems new around here in Detroit. We're going to keep with that theme today, despite the miserable weather. A little later in the show, we're going to talk with Bill Shea of Crane's Detroit Business about the upcoming Tiger season, what to expect from a team that seems like it's in the midst of a pretty significant rebuilding. But first, we've got a little pop quiz for you. Who was the first black professional baseball player? The easy answer there is Jackie Robinson, and I bet that's what most of you said when I asked the question. But if it's the, if that's the answer that you had, you are indeed wrong. More than a half century before Robinson desegregated the major leagues with the Brooklyn Dodgers, Moses Fleetwood Walker broke the color barrier in professional baseball with the Toledo Blue Stockings in 1884. Known by wo- most people as Fleet Walker, he played at the highest level of the sport before any white players in a time uh, not long after the Civil War. Like Robinson, he was the target of cruel and really overt racism when he took the field. But unlike Robinson, his story didn't end with a new era of racial progress in in the sport. Instead, historians say it helped usher in a new era of racial segregation in baseball. That is where we want to talk about baseball today. We'll begin talking about baseball on opening day. That's where we want to start the conversation with John Hussman, who is a Toledo Mudhens team historian. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, Thank you very much, Stephen. It's good to be here. Yes. And also with us is Mark Palmer. He is Moses Fleetwood Walker's great-great-nephew. Mark, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So, Mark, uh, I want to start with you. Uh, th- this is this is a bit of baseball trivia that I fear gets uh, gets overlooked an awful lot. It's something that I didn't really know. Uh, talk about this legacy of Fleet Walker and breaking that color barrier in professional baseball. Well, thanks to people like John, uh, who have you know done most of the research and the history. Um, it's brought to light what Fleetwood Walker really accomplished and who he is. And, uh, you know, it's, as you said, most people don't know this story. Uh-huh. And I'm just glad that, you know, every once in a while, at least, it gets out in the public. Uh, Fleet Walker was my grandmother's uncle. Uh, her mother was his sister, Sarah Walker. And, uh... Of course, her son, Dennis Palmer, is my father, uh-huh. so that's where the family lineage comes from. And and were you always were you always aware of the significance of uh, this relative of yours in baseball history? Well, when I was 
young, you know, my grandmother, who was actually my surrogate mother, my mother died when I was like five years old, so my grandmother was actually my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she would always mention it every once in a while, talking about her Uncle Fleet, you know. And, of course, at a young age, you don't really you know, understand or, you know, appreciate what that means. Uh-huh. And as growing up, you know, every once in a while, the... It would be mentioned that it was no really big deal that, you know, anyone made of it. And every once in a while, there'd be a little side article in the paper or something, you know, a little paragraph about him being the first black professional baseball player. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There was nothing really wide, widely known and publicized, you know. And really, when you told people this, you know, half of them didn't believe you anyway. <laughs> Right. I mean, I, I think the natural reaction is to say, no, Jackie Robinson was the first black player, player yeah. in professional baseball, because that's what we all grow up uh, thinking about. And and technically, uh, Jackie Robinson is the first major league baseball uh, African-American p- uh, player. That's true. But professional baseball has uh, a longer life, I suppose, than than the modern day uh, MLB that we all that we all know. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Hussman, uh, talk about the sort of overview of Walker's life before and during this professional baseball career. Well, I'd be glad to do that, but I'd like to point out one thing that uh, isn't just exactly right what we've been talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, Moses Fleetwood Walker was the first Major League Baseball player. Okay. Black. Yeah. He, he was not the first professional black ball player. Okay. There were there were others before him. But he was the first to uh, play in the major leagues. And he did that in Toledo in 1884 uh-huh. when Toledo was a member of the then major American Association. So just a little distinction there. Yeah. No, that's important. Um, but but as far as his, uh, his background, we don't know an awful lot. He was born in uh, Mount Pleasant, Ohio uh, in 1856. And as a young young boy, moved to uh, Steubenville, where he where he grew up. We don't know much about what he did there. Uh, presumably, he uh, began playing baseball, but we don't know that for certain. But uh, he moved with his father. His parents were both of uh, of mixed race, and his father was a uh, physician and a uh, a minister. Mm-hmm. And uh, his father took uh, took the pastorate of a church in Oberlin, Ohio. Uh, it was just about the time that uh, Fleet would be uh, thinking about going to school, so he did. He did that at Oberlin, uh, enrolled uh, there in 1881, and uh, began playing baseball there. And it's the first record we have of him playing baseball. Uh, he played uh, in that that first season, 1881, as I said, in 18. And 1881 was the first year that uh, Oberlin fielded a varsity team. Mm-hmm. Played other other universities, and among them uh, was uh, the, the predecessor school of the University of Michigan. Came to Oberlin uh, one day in 1882, and uh, were uh, uh, the Michigan Michiganders were beaten by Oberlin, and they were so impressed that they asked. Uh, uh, Fleet, if he'd uh, like to come to school at the University of Michigan and play baseball for them, and he did. Mm. Uh, and that really launched his career. He uh, he got some exposure there. He went along with uh, a couple of other people from Overland. One was uh, his brother, Weldy Walker, who uh, is uh, the answer to a, 
Another trivia question I like to ask when I'm talking to people, I ask who was the second black man to play Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hearing what we've heard this morning, some might suggest it was Jackie Robinson, but no. It was Waldy Walker, who also played for Toledo in 1884. Later in the season, he played five games for Toledo, but uh, very short career, but nonetheless, he was uh, number two. But he uh, he went along with his older brother, Fleet, to... uh, to, uh, the University of Michigan, along, along with uh, with a lady friend, Arabella, who uh, uh, was become his wife uh, just a short time later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about the things that he faced uh, when he was uh, playing baseball in an in an era where that was just not uh, it was just not the norm. I mean, there there was an incredible amount uh, of of pushback that I imagine he he encountered. Well, he he certainly did, and, and it's a mixed bag with Fleet. Uh, you know, what we know, uh, our primary source is newspapers. We don't have anything uh, written by him uh, about his baseball days and, and how he was uh, treated because of his race. But uh, we know that when he came to Toledo, uh, he came in 1883, played in our first, uh, in our first professional team in Toledo, and they played in the Northwestern League. Uh, and the uh, board of directors uh, made an effort to keep blacks out of that league before the season started in 1883, specifically because of a fleet. But uh, that measure uh, didn't uh, didn't pass, and he was allowed to play. Toledo did very well, uh, won the pennant that year, and that propelled them into the American Association, which was a, a major league we talked about earlier. But he had a, a very tough time uh, uh, with... Uh, with some fans, uh, with opposing players, mm-hmm. and in particular, a couple of his teammates. Uh, the Toledo center fielder, both of those years he was here, Kurt Welch was an outspoken racist, and uh, I don't know how he manifested that to Fleet, but it couldn't have been pleasant. But uh, the story that we uh, we often tell about uh, uh, racism in Fleet Walker was with the pitcher Tony Mullane. Tony the Count Mullane was a fine pitcher, uh, a near Hall of Fame caliber, uh, played in Toledo in 1884. Uh, one day he crossed, uh, early this season, he crossed Walker up. Walker called for a, I don't know what the pitch was, but Mullane uh, uh, delivered another pitch mm-hmm. and uh, crossed Walker up. Walker came out and talked to him and said, uh, you know, I can't do this. He said, uh, he says, I've, I've got to give you the signals. I've got to know what's coming. And uh, uh, Mullane later made it perfectly clear that he would not take direction from a black man. So the two reached a deal that uh, uh, Walker would not give signals. Uh, he would uh, just accept whatever Mullane threw, and he did that for the entire season, not knowing what was coming on, on any pitch, and caught him successfully for the rest of the year. Wow. But that's how deep-seated that uh that hatred and animosity and racism was from his own teammates. Yeah. There were threats from uh, from uh, from folks in other cities where Toledo was going that there would be trouble if Walker played, uh, but never do was there a uh, uh, a stoppage of a game uh, with uh, one one exception that I know of. Uh, in 1883, when Walker played his first season in Toledo. Toledo had an exhibition game with the Chicago White Stockings, 
were one of the premier major league teams, mm-hmm. and, and that year Toledo was a minor league team. Uh, the, the White Stockings came to town, uh, found that uh, Toledo had a color catcher, and uh, their, their outspoken manager, uh, Cap Hanson, initially said he would not play the Toledo team with a black man in the lineup. He just wouldn't do that. Uh, later, when he found out that if he didn't uh, play the game or play the game for that reason, he wouldn't get his share of the gate receipts, so he relented. Uh, and he made a promise. He said, uh, we'll, we'll play this game, but we'll never play again with a black man in the lineup. Uh, so they did play that game. They came, in the, came again the next year, and uh, uh, Walker did not play. And there was a, uh, a famous matchup uh, several years later when Walker was playing in, for Newark, New Jersey, when the same cap had it in the, in the, uh, in the uh, Chicago White Stockings went to Newark to play. He mm-hmm. and uh, George Stovey, a black pitcher, they had a complete black battery, were benched when... Uh, when uh, Cap Hansen came to town. So mm-hmm. he, he made good on his threat, and he made it happen. <laughs> yeah. And that very day, the International League passed a measure that banned further contracts with black players. Wow. Wow. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is John Hussman. He's the Toledo Mud Hens team historian. I've also got Mark Palmer here. He is Moses Fleetwood Walker's Great, great nephew. We are talking about Moses Fleetwood Walker, the first black pl- baseball player played uh, for uh, the team in Toledo, a major league team in Toledo in 1884. Of course, when we think of the color barrier being broken in baseball, we talk about Jackie Robinson. Moses Fleetwood Walker actually did that uh, far before Jackie Robinson was called up by the Brooklyn Dodgers. We are talking about this today because it is supposed to be opening day here in the city of Detroit. The Tigers are back north from Lakeland, Florida to open their season against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mother Nature, of course, has other ideas today, and the game itself has been postponed until tomorrow, but we are still indulging the celebration of it here on Detroit Today, talking about baseball as we do each year on opening day. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, uh, as always, on opening day. Tell us what opening day means to you, what you feel on this day, the first day of the baseball season. For some people, the official start of spring. For other people, the kind of the official start of the new year, the idea that the year is new because the Tigers have all of the possibilities in front of them because they haven't played games yet. Uh, tell us what your favorite players are. Uh, to what what jersey are you wearing today? If you're out uh, reveling around for opening day, which players do you think of when you think of opening day? For me, uh, there are a couple Tigers who always come to mind this day. Gates Brown uh, is someone I always think about and, and whose jersey I wear uh, pretty frequently. Also, Al Kaline, uh, another uh, Tiger on the 68 team that won the World Series. Those are the guys that uh, inspire me on opening day. Who are the ones that you think of? They don't have to be Tigers, but how about this? Let's not talk about any Yankees today. Don't call up and tell us about any of those folks. Uh, but any team other than uh, the Yankees, we'd love to hear about uh, the players that you identify with on opening day. The number, as always, on the phones is 313 577 1019. That's 313 577 
1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, Mark Palmer, I want to know what you hope other people will take away from uh, your great-great-uncle's story. This is uh, the kind of family history I know that that is inspirational, but it's the kind of thing that can be motivating and inspirational for other people as well. Yes, well, you know, of course, back in that time, what he accomplished was really fantastic. You know, we all really appreciate uh, what he had to go through. And uh, by the way, you know, he was a barehanded catcher. They didn't have catcher's mitts back then. Right, right. uh, He would play and his hands would actually swell up, which contributed to a shortened career. But his hands would swell up to the point where it was good because after a while he couldn't feel the pain. So it was just another <laughs> thing that he had to go through, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, besides his baseball career, actually, like when he was at Oberlin, his courses included uh, four languages: logic, rhetoric, astronomy, zoology, civil engineering, mm-hmm. math. He graduated with honors. Wow! And uh, you know, so he wasn't just like a a jock, you know, and he actually, compared to his peers, he was, you know, stood out intellectually far superior to them, actually, you know. And after he left baseball, he was like an entrepreneur. He owned a hotel, a movie theater, <clears throat> and uh, he was actually an inventor, too, and he invented, had quite a few inventions. Wow. So the story actually goes beyond baseball, as a matter of fact. You know, when he started playing baseball, he wasn't really looking at that as a career. Uh-huh. It was like a, more of a summer job for him. But uh, <laughs> it paid more than anything else at the time, so it actually turned into his career for a short period of time. Yeah. But yeah. I think, you know, anyone can be motivated by what he went through and what, you know, he accomplished. And uh, it's just a testimony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones. Uh, talk to us about opening day. Talk to us about players who you think of on opening day, players you remember seeing maybe as a kid growing up here in Detroit, uh, folks that uh, you identified with then and identify with now. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you in to the conversation. Uh, William in Southfield, you're up first on opening day on Detroit Today. Welcome to the show. Great. Good morning. Thanks uh-huh. for taking my call. Yep. Go ahead. So I grew up as a kid in the in the eighties as a massive baseball fan, so I obviously identify with that eighty four Tigers team. Yes. When I think about opening day You and, and I uh, might be around the same age, William. <laughs> I think we're lucky to have been able to see what was probably one of the best teams of all time. Sure, sure. Um that, the, go ahead. I was gonna say they opened the season thirty five and five steamrolled the entire league and then obviously went straight through the championship it was pretty exciting yeah no that was that was for me a turning point uh, not just in terms of uh, baseball fandom but it was also for me an important sort of milestone in terms of following baseball uh, that was the season I started really reading the newspaper every day and I was reading it because I wanted to see what the Tigers had done uh, the night before, and so uh, my my love affair with print and the word uh, and uh, newspapers uh, started in 1984, uh, as well as my fascination with uh, baseball and the Tigers. So uh, 
we have the same kind of memory there. Uh, William, yep, thanks. That was the exact same way. I remember checking the box scores. Mm-hmm. My two favorite players were Whitaker and Trammell, obviously turning those <laughs> double plays. And, yeah. uh, you know, just lucky team without weaknesses, really. But I also wanted to say I think we're equally lucky now in this generation of Tiger fans to be able have, to have had uh, Cabrera on our team throughout his prime because in retrospect, once history books are written, I think he's probably going to go down as, you know, one of the best right-handed hitters of all time in the history of baseball. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. I say that to my son uh, all the time who's growing up in Detroit, a fan of the Tigers, watching Miguel Cabrera do the things that he does. And I keep saying in 30 or 40 years, uh, his kids are going to be asking him what it was like to watch Miguel Cabrera play uh, play baseball. And he'll be able to see say that he saw him uh, firsthand here in Detroit. Uh, William, thanks very much for the call and for the memories. Let's go to Harry in Sterling Heights. Harry, welcome. Good morning. To Great today. show. My favorite year was 1961. The Tigers just uh, acquired Rocky Calabito for the trade with, with mm-hmm. Keen. Mm-hmm. And Norm Cash was tr- uh, got through a trade, and Kayla was playing. And the Tigers won 101 games, and you mentioned the Yankees. I hate the Yankees ever since then. <laughs> Detroit finished seven games out of first place, and they won 101 games. I know, right? That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> but, see, that's interesting that that's still uh, the season that stands out in your mind, Harry, even though uh, that wasn't a, a championship season. I think uh, the, the the things that make us remember uh, the, the teams and the and the players uh, sometimes well, are unconventional. Well, one thing about that year, we had Frank Larry, and he just passed away, and he was known as the Yankee killer. He was like 25 and 8 against Yankees in his career. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. That's a great, great that's a great merit. That's a great memory, Harry. Thanks very much uh, for the call. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking about baseball with Bill Shea of Crane's Detroit Business. But I want to thank John Hussman, who is the Toledo Mudhens team historian, and Mark Palmer, the great great nephew of Moses Fleetwood Walker, for being here on opening day on Detroit Today. Thank you. 